everybody to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. Today is January the 8th, 2015. I even got that right. I didn't say 2014 this time. I'm uh, joined today. Uh, this is, My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host uh, for this evening. And I, I've got my co-host on the line here, Miss Marianne Starkey. How's it going, Marianne? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. It, it's about cold over here um <laughs> you guys yeah, i i i feel sorry for you because it was like 80 degrees here today <laughs> i know i know you can all go to hell because it's uh, <laughs> it's cold i mean it's cold it was uh god it, it was i think the actual temperature was a like negative 10 or 12 or something last night but <sighs> but uh the wind chill yeah. last night and all day today has been like negative 30 or something like that so wow yeah no thank you it's um, uh yeah <laughs> it's not it's not <laughs> a good all thing that white stuff on the ground too so, i know yeah, we, we, no got all okay. this it's white shit everywhere i don't know what's going on <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to use that foul language. This is uh, a good time of the year. It's pool season. Um, We got all kinds of stuff going on. You know, Turning Stone started today, uh, kicked up at about 4 o'clock. In case you guys are not up on that, uh, the stream is available on AZ Billiards, and uh, they've got the live brackets going and everything. So uh, that's some good pool to be watching. Um, What else is going on? You were watching something out on the West Coast today. What was that? Um, actually, it was the uh, it was the um, the WPBA event that's going on right now. Oh, oh, um, oh! Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The WPA uh, WPBA uh, mm, uh, in Virginia, right? Is that right? Yes, okay. I believe so. Yeah, Breakers Billiards. Yes, yeah. at Breakers. Yeah. yeah. So that just kicked up as well. So there's the. Uh, and Herndon, Virginia. Is that what that's how that's pronounced? I guess. Um. I think so. Um, there's also the uh, Chinese eight ball just wrapped up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if AZ has the results uh, posted on their site, but I think that somebody has posted them up, at least part of it, in the forum. Uh, if you guys want to check into that, uh, let's see what else is going on. Um, oh well, congratulations to the to the AZ Billiards Players of the Year, Miss um, Kim yes. and uh, Mr. Van Boning. Uh, congratulations to both of them for uh, for that yeah. title. Very well deserved. Very, Very well, well deserved. deserved. Yeah, Shane had a great year. That's for sure. Well, on and Miss Kim did too. Um, she just took that. What was it that she just won? Um, rats. It was the um, that last women's event, wasn't it? Ooh, golly. It was. Oh man, I'm drawing a blank. I know. It's I. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Um, anyway, what's going on, uh, with you guys? We're, you know, getting, we're just trying to get back on the swing of things with the the new year going on. Um, so all of the rest of the guys are either at turning stone or asleep right now. Um, (laughs) what are you guys, uh, 
how's the pool scene out on the west coast then it's good uh we've got a busy couple months coming up ahead um yeah i i know i don't play in it but you know the 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 uh swanee is coming up mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. then um um or the uh the chuck marcoulis and mm-hmm. and and also, we've got the Mez tour going on. Oscar and Desiree are, are doing a great job of, of running that. And mm-hmm. the next event is uh, is at Bull Shooters in Phoenix. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we're going to make that one, but uh, I know that we will be at Gary's in Victorville, which is on the 17th. So mm-hmm. definitely January is jam packed out here. So yeah, yeah, looking forward looking forward to uh, January and February for sure. Yeah, be fun. a lot of stuff Reno. going on. Hey. <laughs> you gonna go to Reno? Yeah. Yes. Are you competing? Hey, Are you competing in Reno then? Yes, I, I'll uh, be I'll be playing the women's and uh-oh. hopefully you know this year I can actually make my mark and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Working your way up to the pro level, huh? Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> slowly but surely, very slowly but surely. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> It happens. Um, you know, there's also um, the BEF has announced there's a couple of junior state championships on the board already. Um, there's one for Colorado. Um, that's coming up the 17th and 18th of this month. And the one for Wisconsin is uh, January the 18th, I believe it is. So that's great news that the juniors are that's getting awesome. some qualifiers up there. Yeah, that's totally that's yeah. totally awesome. Um, I also understand that you guys have a, um, something new coming out with your app, the go play pool app. What's up with that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to 2015 and, and we've been, I've been working on, um, building a directory of key makers, um, key international, makers. you know, okay. whoever you are, wherever you are, if you want to be on it and you're not on it yet, then, you know, hit us up. We'll be releasing that within uh, the next few weeks or so. And then, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited about that because there, there's a lot of opportunities that will, will come with it for the queue makers and sure, for sure. for advertising opportunities and stuff like that and, and helping people get the word out about their their work. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's that's coming up. And, and we're working on all sorts of different stuff we're we're improving the directory and everything coming up with um with even more stuff for the rooms and and for the players of course who great use the app so yeah Good stuff, I'm, man. I'm excited well and of course we can't wait to get you back on with some uh, uh more spotlight rooms of the week i think that is you know i know that uh obviously when you live in one part of the country and we talk about a room in a different part of the country that 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 doesn't necessarily the the benefit doesn't necessarily immediately hit you however right it's a, such a valuable thing if and when you do travel to have something like that as a reference to go back and say oh yeah i'm headed to that city guess what we've got an interview with the owner of the best room in that town so it gives mm-hmm. you the opportunity to know way more about the room than you normally would and about what they do and the type of activities that they have. So not to sell your product for you, but I think that that's a great, uh, a great addition to the lineup for the people out there. 
Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's been it's been awesome. Just you know, the last 2014 and and all the the people that I talked to and everything. I <laughs> there's there's a lot of great rooms out there, and I didn't yeah. even I didn't even scratch the surface. Oh yeah, know, so. absolutely, absolutely. Oh yeah, there's I'm, tons. I'm looking forward to this year and, and talking to more people and very cool. Yeah. Well, you mentioned your QMaker directory. Uh, you know, speaking of QMakers, um, I have I have an insider tip for you guys. I have heard through the grapevine that uh, the International Q Show, or the, excuse me, the International Q Collector Show, the ICCS, is supposed to be holding their show again once again this year. They um, they didn't this past year because of the uh, legal slippery slope with the ivory situation. So, um, but they're back on board with it. So I'm anticipating an announcement from uh, Mr. Will Prout here pretty soon. Uh, we should have some dates and uh, times and and things of that nature. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. But uh, definitely, what I really wanted to point out though is that I came across this very unique piece of, uh, uh, of music here uh, a couple days ago. I was digging through the uh, vast Chicago Billiard Museum vault, you know, that we have, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, sorting through the dead bodies, and I uh, <laughs> came across a CD that I was not aware of. And this is for the, you guys out there that have not heard of this. This was produced. There's a CD out there produced by Don Hopkins, and it's called The Other Side. It's a compilation of uh, a bunch of different songs that were either written by or sang or played, whatever, by a bunch of different billiard personalities. Um, And apparently it was produced by... And coordinated the whole project was coordinated by Don Hopkins. I actually shot her an email about the other day uh, just to get make sure that she was okay with me talking about it because um, I didn't know if this was like somebody's personal stash of music or something, you know. But <laughs> yeah. apparently, you know, this was put together and just and I don't know how they distributed it or if they sold it or what. But um, this is kind of cool. Um, and I'll tell you a few of the people that are on this. Uh, Don is on there herself. She mentioned that she had, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to mess his name up now. Uh, there's a famous country and western guitarist that performs on this, and I've already forgotten his name. Uh, Don is on it. Um, there's, it's, it's about 21 songs. Don, uh, mm-hmm. Q-maker, Jerry McWhorter. Uh, I, I didn't know Jerry. I know Jerry. I didn't know that he played music, so this was a shock to me. I found out after I visited his website that he actually is an active musician. And apparently Don is too. Um, Carmen Sardo, Lou Sardo, um, and here's a shocker, Mike Massey is on this disc. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We have some some posterity music. I think that's very cool. Um, <laughs> by the way, um, you guys are having heard this on this show tonight. Um, I'm, I'm trying to include as many pieces off of this CD as I can. Um, if you're interested in getting a copy of this, shoot me an email or something on the website, and and I'll certainly send you a copy of it because this is a lot of fun. Uh, who else is on this? Uh, ooh, Carmen Sardo, I, Buddy Sardo. I didn't know that uh, pool makers were so multi-dimensional. <laughs> I, I know. Well, see, that's what's funny. 
I have actually, and here's another confession. I, I have actually included some tunes of my own uh, on different programs at various times, but I hate taking credit for it because it's uh, when if they don't like the music, then I get blamed for it. <laughs> you know, so I just try to let it slide without anybody knowing that it came from me. But anyway, this will be fun. Uh, if you guys, like I said, you want to get a hold of some of this, let me know, and, I, and I'll certainly send you some copies of it. And uh, we are going to go ahead and move on with the show. Uh, tonight we're talking with um, one of the producers of an, an up-and-coming uh, web reality series. I, I want to I say that, but they're, uh, they're trying to market it to television. It's called The American Road Player or American Road Player. Um, it is the story of a group of guys traveling around doing, getting their hustle on. And it's more about the people than it is the game itself. So it's uh, it's interesting to watch these guys interact. Um, I talked to one of the producers, Peyton Thomas. Uh, did a really nice interview with him. You will learn a lot about the project and what and how it began and where it's headed. So stick around for this interview, and we'll be right back with you guys right after your one minute pool instructor. I'm Scott Lee. And I'm Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. And this week we're going to talk about uh, what it takes to play championship nine ball. Eight ball. Eight ball. Excuse yeah, well, me. Good nine grief. ball. I nine guess ball too. Somewhat the same, but... but not, uh, not the same player, so... You've, been, you've uh, done quite a bit of interviewing of some championship eight ball players, haven't you, Randy? Yeah, a lot of them. But uh, uh, several years ago I, uh, at a national tournament, I got a chance to meet four of them independently, and I took them to, to lunch. I bought them a sandwich or something, and I asked uh, all four of them the same five questions. All four of them gave me the same three answers that I'm looking for. That's amazing. Yeah, and and so I thought maybe, Scott, we could go over. When I asked these, these four national champions, amateur, not professional, and, and how they thought around an eight-ball rack. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the first mistakes that uh, most amateur players make is trying to run out immediately. Well, that was one of the things I asked them is when did they know that this was a, a two-turn or three-turn rack or was this a, a go from the beginning? Was, was this green light on? And, and, um, well, the fact that most people perceive that as that's how players play and that's not true. Well, and remember, these four players are national champions. They don't miss... Well, everybody misses, but they don't ever. Their positive imaging is not about missing. Their position play is perfect. Um, so if the red light is on, they're playing perfect safeties, too. So what were those things? Well, I, uh, first of all, I asked them, what's the first thing you look for after you, you break or your opponent breaks dry on an eight-ball rack? What's the very first thing you do? And, and all four of them elated to the point where you walk around the table and you get a different view from different shots on different sides of the table. We call that taking a lap. Taking a lap, yeah. And, and they're trying to make a decision of whether this is a red light or green light, whether, whether they can run out on this rack or they can't. Um, the second thing they're looking for is if this is a green light rack and they're going to go at it, 
I, the second question I asked him was, what's the most important ball in an eight ball rack? Well, of course they said you have to know eight ball liability. You have to know exactly where the eight ball is, if it's frozen to a ball, if I move it, where's it going to go, and all that stuff. But in this case, their answer was the ball before the eight ball. The length ball. Yeah, the length ball. They said the most important ball is getting a stop shot on the ball before the eight ball. Boy, that's so true. And, and uh, uh, three of the four said they would do anything in their power to make sure that their position play maintained the integrity of that length ball. Mm-hmm. So um, I learned immediately then that the eight ball didn't mean half as much as the ball before the eight ball. Uh, when they said they are going to run out, that was what they were looking for. The other thing that I thought was interesting was the, the hangers or the ducks, and you and I have talked about this before, where an amateur player goes in and shoots those right off the bat because they're sitting right in the middle of a pocket. Or they leave them and take a harder shot they're likely to miss. Miss, right, take a harder than normal shot. <laughs> Here's the philosophy of leaving at least one hanger in a pocket. If you get in trouble... At least you got an escape ball or a ball to kick at right. or, or something. But if you don't, if you take it right out of the beginning of the rack, you don't have an escape ball. So they talked about escape shots and, and playing that two-three ball pattern in eight ball, where yes, you play you play shape to a certain ball, but you might get better shape on another ball. Sure. And you have to change your mind in the midst of an eight ball rack. Now there are some really great books out. Um, uh, the eight ball Bible, right? Robin and, Gibbons. Yes, yeah. and and I I think uh, um, Larry out of Chicago has a really good book on uh, eight ball run out or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've read both of those, and and uh, uh, believe me, I got that information plus these four champions. Uh, they just plain all did the same thing. It was like they rehearsed it before I got to them. Right. You're yeah. talking about Larry Schwartz's eight-ball handbook. Yeah, so Larry Schwartz. Yes, book. thank you. So now there's a few other things in there that we talked about. I didn't just because I bought them a sandwich. Uh, they, I, I got them to open up. And, and uh, after the offense and defense and that, but the other thing they stated was a lot of times you don't have a good starter ball. Sure. In in. Don't shoot your link ball to sacrifice it for a starter ball. You have to make up a starter ball. And that's what makes your decision, maybe, of whether you're taking solids or stripes. And sometimes uh, in uh, WPA and BCA rules, you have open table combos. Oh, yes. Yes. And and, um, Mike Bandy... One of the people I talked to gave me one of the most interesting tidbits of information on a combination in eight ball. In my game, I have a philosophy that if I'm going to play a combination, I never play shape on the ball I shot at for the combination. I always play shape to another ball. Sure. So therefore, it's my escape ball. Now, I play the combo and maybe both, both balls are free. So now I got two choices. Mm-hmm. But how many times, Scott, have we played a combination and the lead ball roll off and get behind another ball or something? Absolutely. And now we don't have any shot. So I was taught to go play a combination, but play your shape to a completely third ball. 
And and then we have things like two-way shots, where yeah. if I make my object ball, I've got uh, a shot on another ball. But if I miss, I'm not leaving my opponent I've got a safety. Stating. Yeah. You know, when one of our opponents runs the table and misses the eight ball, and, and this does not happen in my competition very <laughs> often, but I see it a lot. Sure. Right? I see the first shot being taken and missed, and leaving the eight ball wide open again. I think everything has to be put into hiding that eight ball the first couple of shots until you get a, a starter shot. Sure. A shot where you know you can make and get shape. But, yeah, too many games are given away in eight ball, not one. Well, and a lot of it has to do with taking that lap. You might walk around the table three or four times during one game. It's not only the opening shot where you do that. Yeah, you know, well, you said it earlier in one of our chats here that a ball, a hanger in a pocket, most people think it's guarding the pocket. That's not even true. Right. Uh, that hanger doesn't even bother good players. Not at all. So it could be a blessing or a curse. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So uh, after interviewing the, these really good players, I, I mean, they're all national champions, the, the Vanovers and, and and people like that. I came away with a whole new perspective of how wrong I was playing the eight ball rack. <laughs> now we're not talking draw and follow and stop. We're talking about start and stopping. What What is my starting shot? What is my finish shot? Well, isn't a good rule of thumb is you never touch your opponent's balls unless there's reason? Oh, Lord. Uh, we, we, we call them the rearrangers. <laughs> I mean, they're moving every ball on the table and getting shaped sometimes, sometimes not, of course. Right. Yeah. I have a philosophy in my own pool game. Never move one of my balls or their balls unless you've got to stop your cue ball on purpose there. Well, and, the, and uh, uh, the worst thing you can do in eight ball is run down and have there only be one ball and the eight left. Uh, your opponent is, and if you can't get out, your opponent's going to make it so you never see those That's balls. That's what I say. Yet the amateur player gives that shot up immediately. Mm -hmm. where, where the really good player, you're kicking at that eight ball two or three times before he gets what we call that starter shot. He's not afraid to give you kick shots. Right. Well, we all know that the the uh, reward for a great ball in hand is, or a great safety is ball in hand. Well, and, and uh, Bob Vanover, the, the really, really premier eight ball player of, of my era, told me that one ball in hand begets another ball in hand. He said, go. I play for two ball in hands to win the rack. Mm -hmm. I like that. I did too. That's some great information. And I think that's going to wrap it up for this segment of the One Minute Pool Instructor. I'm Scott Lee. And I'm Randy G. And we'll see you next time. I was raised in a little country town. Oh, while I went to a small country school. When I grew up, I lived trying to make a big town. Now I'm sitting, digging and a grinning all on the bar stool. Digging and a grinning, time to make my living. I am on the line with uh, Mr. Peyton Thomas. He is one of the producers of the uh, American Road Player. Did I say that right, American Road Player? That's correct. Okay. 
Mr. Thomas is one of the producers for American Road Player, the upcoming web and hopefully TV series. Um, and we decided to get down to some business and talk about what kind of things you guys are up to. So for those that have not uh, been keeping track of this, this might be a new story for them. Uh, please explain to us sort of from the beginning what it is that you guys are doing. Well, we, um, uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Sure. Um, I've been working with uh, several pool players for about three years on a concept for a new reality web series. Um, and when I say web series, that's the, the, the status of it currently. But the goal has always been and continues to be to be a network series. Um, sure. And we are putting all of our efforts into that currently and, and will continue to do so. Um, the, the series uh, sort of took shape uh, within the last six to eight months when we started to join forces with a bunch of the, um, the really great sponsors out there, Diamond Billiards and Pool Dog and Hustle in USA, in trying to kind of join forces with everyone and, and, and bring a, a new show to light, you know, about pool that it's desperately needs. And so the concept currently for season one is that we follow a group of road players um, who travel throughout the country, potentially 10 to 12 different cities over about 3,000 miles in about, you know, 18 to 22 days. And they're going to be on their way to um, the Derby City Classic, where they will then play for, you know, large amounts of money at that point um, that they've you know, hopefully uh, <laughs> gathered along the yeah, way. Yeah, there you go. Um, and so uh, some of the characters that have agreed to join us um, are Scooter Goodman, who plays out of Cleveland, Ohio, and um, also Keith McCready, uh, also known as Grady Seasons from Color of Money, has decided to come out of retirement and join our cast and uh, throw his hat in the ring with some of the, some of the, some of the new guard and some of the old guard. And um, we'll just sort of, Put them out there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you're saying that there, it's uh, following these guys on the road, sort of on their journey to Derby City. Now, are you guys planning this for, I mean, is this being taped right now, currently? Well, the goal was to start filming um, actually in a couple of weeks, you know, on our way to this year's Derby City Classic. Okay. And, you know, we have uh, mounted a few campaigns to raise the, uh, the budget. And um, we have been fairly successful in some of our ventures and not so successful in others. So mm-hmm. currently we're deciding what we want to do and how, how aggressive we want to be about um, filming the show. Um, you know, one of the things that we want to make sure we maintain is the integrity of the type of filming that we do, the the crew that we bring along, and the story that we tell. Mm-hmm. This is really about the story. It's about the story of these players, about their lives, about you know how they uh, deal with defeat and victory. And you can only tell that story, you know, with a certain amount of uh, cameras and and producers, and you know, just you have to have the right budget. Right. So we're we're trying to make that decision currently. Okay, okay. Well, that was my first question. Was uh, was this 
uh, the first season, so to speak, was it going to be taped from this year? So that is something that you that, guys are doing then. Yes, that was the goal, um, and it is on hold right now, and we will make that decision probably within the next week to two okay. weeks. Um, you know, we've modified some concepts behind it. The goal was to be able to travel from Cleveland all the way down to New Orleans, back up through Atlanta, and then back over to the Derby City. And, you know, we've had agreements with Diamond Billiards and the Derby City Classic to, to be able to do that. Um, but right now, the, the, the plan is not fully come together. We haven't completed our budget and we haven't completed our crew yet. Okay. So it, it, it's coming to an end in terms of may, having to make a decision. And uh, we'll, we'll be able to make that decision hopefully by the middle of next week okay. and, and be able to move forward. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if, if we're not, just to sort of add to that, if we're not sure. able to do it at the Derby, if we just don't have the time, um, then we'll modify how we do it and, and sort of modify whatever tournament it is or the story we want to tell. Sure. At the end of the day, the concept is always the same. It'll, it'll be a group of players visiting, you know, uh, a large number of cities throughout the country and really experiencing what they see and feel and do on the road. Right. So right. whether it's this month or next month, it's really not going to matter at the end of the day. Sure, sure. Well, and that's uh, that brings me to my next question is, uh, how many episodes in this season do you intend to produce? So for the web series, we, we decided to come up with the web series as a way to bridge the gap to the networks. Um, you know, everyone's goal is to get to the networks and have the networks uh, produce a series. And um, there's different ways to do that. And we have worked for three years with uh, many agents and several different production companies to present this to the powers that be. And we've had tremendous response, which is why we've continued to uh, go forward, but no one has actually pulled the trigger yet. Right. And that's not uncommon. You know, you, you're, we're, we're presenting something brand new to the world. Mm. Uh, there's no other concept out there like this currently uh, that's on TV now. And so we're kind of trying to break into a new genre, a new way of telling a story uh, through a vehicle that is, quite frankly, not very well represented on network TV in pool. Right. And so you're re- one of the ways that we decided that we could kind of push the issue was to create a web series, which would ultimately uh, the goal being to create a following, a uh, subscription list, uh, a group of people that need to see this show. And once you've done that, now you've created the audience and the networks will just have to go ahead and move forward at that point Mm -hmm. because you've presented something that, you know, people want to see. Right. And that's, that's our goal. That's what we've, that's what we've been working towards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how many, uh, let's see, what is the season typically, three months or four months, uh, as far as the series are concerned? Is it is it just 12 our, our shows? For this, series, for this web series, our goal was 10 episodes. Okay. Um, and what we were going to do to make it a, a very user-friendly and uh, user-oriented experience was to create not only 10 episodes, but also... Uh, a lot of extras that go along with that, you know, behind-the-scenes materials. Um, we're also going to have a, an experience sort of on the road as we are traveling where we would be 
doing Twitter updates. We'd be doing potential updates uh, on webcasts and news outlets to kind of create a, a, a sense of urgency so that people would be excited about the, the first episode. Sure. And, you know, the, the passion that exists in the pool world is not something that I have to create. It's not something that, that I need to make up. It, it already exists. It's right. there. There's tremendous passion, you know, for the love of the sport, for the love of its characters. There's a love relationship, and there's a lot of hate relationship, too. And that's a really good thing because it becomes interesting in terms <clears throat> of pe- people want to see you know, the struggle. They want to see right. what, you know, you, you know, what you can, what can the everyday person go out and do and, and, and how can they experience that? Right. And that's really what we're trying to bring to the table. Well, I think that's the key is to, to tell the story. Uh, it, in other words, it needs to be about the people more so than about the game. You know, there's lots of reality, quote unquote, reality television out there. And, you know, a certain extent, some of it's more real than others. But the one thing that they have in common, though, is that they're, you know, and I don't know how much of our listening audience watches, but there are shows about making cakes, about mining gold, about dance moms of dance kids. You know what I mean? There's Honey Boo Boo. There's all these ridiculous shows. And Duck Dynasty, and not at any point in time do they ever take the time in the show or in the production of the show to say, this is how you mine gold, this is how you make cakes, this is how you dance. Right. It has nothing right. to do with the subject at hand. It's the people that are involved in these activities that make for the story. So at least speaking from my perspective, if you guys can tell that story, that's what's going to get people hooked. Because, like you said, they're either going to love this character or they're going to hate that character and want to watch him get beat. So, you right, right. Well, the one thing that the one thing that's been so glaring to all of us, to all the producers and the people that have been involved the last three years, we we've, we've recently gotten together and talked about sort of what we've learned about the the world over the last three years, and more specifically over the last six months. And and you're absolutely right in the sense that. What's out there now in terms of reality television, whether it's real or not real or scripted reality, there's a, a lot of different variations, and every every story is told a different way. And at the end of the day, pool needs a vehicle to make it interesting to people outside of the pool world. Right. And what's funny about that is that there are millions of pool players in, in the United States there are members of, you know, amateur leagues and, and professional leagues all across the country that, you know, are very passionate about what they do. They practice, they go to the pool hall, and they shoot in 100 balls in one night and, you know, over and over again. And, and, they, and, they, and this, is a, this is a hobby, it's a sport, it's a passion. And in some ways that relates to what we're trying to do but it's only the vehicle. What, what the story that we want to tell is what's behind that passion. Right. What, what are these people, what, is their, what are their lives about? Why do they have this passion? Why do they go there and play this, this sport? And then ultimately, really the story is about these, these players who travel the road and who really live on their wits. They, they make choices based on 
what they think they can do and, and, and how they can play the other player. And it, it, it's a really uh, interesting approach to how to live your life. And not everyone can do it. It's, it's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, but, it's, but it can be a lot of fun, and I've experienced that you know, quite a bit, you know, seeing uh, how people deal with this on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, well, doing anything on the road is not easy, much less trying to to uh, uh, perform again and again and again and again. You know, as you know, that the the vast majority of the pool world um, and pool players, at least, these are not a part of large institutions that have training centers and spring training, and you know what I mean. This is, in other words, it's very individualized. So the experience is very different for a lot of people. You know, some people play in mellow rooms. They practice a lot. Some people don't practice a lot, and they play in loud, obnoxious rooms. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff going on there, definitely. And, you know, I have a tremendous amount of passion for the game. I love the competition. I love making the nine ball at the end of the match to win it, the feeling of that ball and going in. And whether it's for a, an amateur league victory or to win 100 bucks. It's really similar in the feeling that you get. And, you know, that is the passion and what we're trying to relate to television and trying to bring to a new audience, to a new experience and a widespread audience. Right. And, and, and that's, that's how we found our characters in terms of their, their, their vehicle to tell this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and, and each, each individual person that we bring to the table will have their own experiences uh, that they can, they might make a nine ball and have one experience and the next guy might make the same exact nine ball but have an entirely different experience. Right. And that's what the beauty of this story is. Right. That, that's why people will attach themselves to it. Well, here's another question for you. You know, and I was thinking about this before I got on the phone with you. What is it that makes, what is it that made you want to do this? Now, I mean, let me clarify. What, were you just, um, you know, a producer looking for a subject matter, or did you run across this experience and said, "Wow, you know what? Somebody really ought to make a film about this." What, right. Which came so, first, the chicken or the egg? Right. You know. Well, I, I, <laughs> I would say this: um, about three and a half years ago, some friends of mine, uh, we, we, we've all been talking about doing different types of concept shows. Uh, we had a home improvement show we were working on. We had, um, uh, not, not to mention, uh, we had a, a, a cooking show at one point we were talking about doing. And I said, look, I play pool twice a week. I play in this league. I, I said, pool is a really cool idea. And so we came up with probably 15, 20 different concepts you know, of uh, how to tell a, a story on TV about pool. Right. And all of them, as we sat around the table and, and spitballed, all of them included very extravagant sort of approaches to how to tell the story. At the end of the day, one of the guys looked at me and said, you need characters. It's about the characters. You always go back to the characters. Right, right. And they tell your story. So I was playing in the trick shot, the artistic pool world championships in 2011 at Valley Forge. And I was there with my buddy, Jason, and we were playing late one night. And I I went downstairs 
And if anybody's ever been to the Valley Forge, they know what the pit's called. And right. it's where all the action is. It's the action room. And we went down there, and there was about 500 people at 3 in the morning yelling and screaming and hooting and hollering. And there were these two guys running around the table. And when I say running, I mean literally running around the table. And one guy was barking at the other. I mean, literally barking at him. And I looked at my buddy, and I was like, what the hell is going on? Right, right. And we sat there for like three hours and just watched these guys play. And those two guys were Scooter Goodman and this guy, and Spanky, who have been, you know, my two leads for the last three years. And when I saw them, I videoed them with my iPhone, took it back to my partners, and I said, here's our story. This is the story we have to tell. And I had no way to get in touch with them, so I just started calling pool halls all across the country. I called Pittsburgh, I called, and I just started asking, like, does anybody know who Scooter is? And finally I caught up with him, and I finally found Spanky, and that's how it all started, you know, with, cool. with those two guys. Yeah. And we've, we've held true to that, you know, for, for three years. <laughs> what did they have to say? What was their reaction when you told them what you wanted to do? Well, they asked me what the hustle was, you know. I mean, I'm just some, you know, some... <laughs> Some producer from New York calling them and saying, hey, I'm going to make you a TV star, you know, in their mind, that's what I was saying. And so, you know, look, it, at the end of the day, I mean, yes, I have a job to do um, as a producer, but I'm also a lover of pool. And, and, and I know that this is a very tight-knit community. Um, and I know that the pool community needs something to boost it, you know, I mean, Everyone talks about the good old days of when Color of Money came out and that boosted pool and even the Hustler and sort of all of those things that sort of reprised this glory days of pool. And and we may be past those at this point, but I don't think we're lost. I think we just need to reinvent it. Right. And what's a better vehicle than to use what's popular and what's important in today's times than than that vehicle to to help reinvent pool and reinvent you know and breathe breathe life back into it. Right, right. Um, so that's that's really my that's my passion, and and that's you know that's how we that's how we put put forth as much time mm-hmm. and effort we have for three years. Right. Well, that's good because now, well, and that's the kind of time time it takes. You know, I, I think that uh, there could be something said. Um, you know, it took us nearly two years. Well, it took us over two years just to put this program together. We had, uh-huh. had been um, talking quietly with people, uh, representatives of the industry, uh, you know, sort of behind the scenes to get their thoughts and get their feelings about something, you know, a, a show that, that um, gave a mouthpiece to the business, as it were, or the industry, as it were. And it, like I said, it took us two years just to do an audio program, you know, and that and that's without, right. you know, uh, a script and without a plot and everything else. We just take it as uh, current events as they come. Right. So uh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's not an easy thing to do to tell a story. I mean, it, it's not something because I can tell a story to a friend of mine on the street one on one and have a personal experience with them. But when you're trying to tell a story to millions of people. Right over the airwaves or video, it's it's a totally different experience, and yeah. it's a different way of telling a story, and Certainly. and that's that's the genius behind it. When they are successful, it really is genius. It's there, there's something new. There's something great about it. Hmm. Hmm. 
Well, I think, you know, that you certainly, on, on the one hand, you certainly have your work cut out for you. But on the other, yeah. you know, but on the other hand, um, and there are some people, somebody's going to send me some hate mail for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, it, it, from the outward appearances, you know, people will talk about how pool is dying or pool is dead and this and that. And I'm here to tell you that that is simply not true. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just not. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, every city is different. Every town is different. Every state is different. But right now, I can tell you this for a fact, that there are plenty of cities out there that have plenty of pool halls in them that are packed night after right. night. And the people that are there playing, like you said, they're very passionate about they about what they do. Um, some of them want to win really, really bad. Some of them just enjoy it, you know, just for the sake of enjoying it. But the point I'm trying to get at is for you and for anybody else out there listening, you know, like I said, it's easy to get deter- discouraged because of the lack of the pro scene and this and that. But don't think for a minute that people are about to stop playing and that it's going away. That is just simply not going to happen. Like, not in my lifetime right. anyway. It's going to be a long right. time before people stop doing that. And if you take that in consideration also with cultural trends, you know, there's this adage about everything comes back around 20, every 20 years or so. You know, some things are so cool because they are old and they're classic. That's why people still play chess and dominoes and things like that, games that have been around for thousands of years. So it's not about to go anywhere. It's a very family friendly, anybody can play. So, for you guys to to pick that as a subject matter, I think is a smart idea, because there's not too many things out there, like you obviously are aware. There's not too many things going on like that in the pool world. So your competition right. is not going to eat you alive before you even get out of the gate. You know. True. True. Yeah. I mean, that's you. You did hit the nail on the head in terms of you know, pool is not dying in the in, in the terms of what you of how you described it. Um, and, and I agree with you on many levels there, you know, you just go into any bar across America and there's a pool table there and someone's probably playing on it. Yeah. And, you know, that alone, and then how many, you know, how many, uh, basements and garages have a pool table? Right. And, and that is a, a trend that has, that has always been there. I mean, it was my experience growing up. I had a pool table. My dad taught me how to play pool and. Oh yeah, you know, and and some some people become more passionate about it than others, but um, you know, as a as a uh, as an industry like the entertainment industry, and 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 bringing something to the forelight and something for people to experience, you know, there's there's a hurdle to cross, and those hurdles, unfortunately, are dollars and cents, and in terms of yeah, what is what is marketable? What do people want to see? What are they what are they passionate about? You know, and, and it's like, um, uh, you know, what Tiger did for, for golf. You know, he, everybody went out and played golf after Tiger won the first Masters. And then, you know, uh, it's like what Michael Phelps did for for um, swimming. You know, all the, the, the people went all, all out and started swimming and, and joining swimming leagues. Like what the World Cup did this year for, for Little League soccer. Yeah. You know, it, it's, a, it's a trending thing. And pool can be a part of that on a certain level. I mean, obviously, those are much larger stages that I'm presenting. Sure. But pool pool does not have a voice 
um, a national voice. Right. It has many voices, and it has a very strong voice as a whole, but it doesn't have a singular national voice. Right. And I think that's what's missing for the sponsors, <laughs> for the... Yeah for the networks, for right. the money. At the end of the day, it's about national voice. Mm-hmm. And you and I believe it can come back. I believe that there can be a national voice, but I think it has to be a very specific way to get it there. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll be able to, you know, be a, a small part of that process. Yeah. Well, I hope so too. You know, I hope that uh, people can see this program and say wow that looks like fun you know these guys aren't just a bunch of uh criminals <laughs> right right well look you know everybody has uh, a past and you know we're aware of of uh everybody every individual's past is unique and you know some have more checkered past than others um I've chosen these characters so far, and we and we'll certainly, as we move forward, we'll introduce new characters and we'll meet new people and new players. Mm. But at, at the end of the day, what what I want to do is um, go back to the basics of why are these guys doing this? Why is this important to them? Yeah. And you know, everyone uh, has a, a one guy. You know, goes out and drinks. You know, to, to the point of being completely intoxicated every night. And the next guy never touches a single drink or drug. Right. It, and they can both play each other at, at noon on Sunday and have one of the best matches you'll ever see, you know, on, on TV. Mm-hmm. It's just a different experience. And I, and I think that's what makes pool very unique. You can't, you can't get that experience, uh, you know, on, in the swimming pool or on the soccer field or, you know, or even on a golf course. Right, right, right. That's true. It is very unique, and like I mentioned before, it's a common thread. It's a, it's a piece of uh, of American culture, is what it is. If you really want to get Absolutely. down to it, it has been with us since the, the the colonists arrived, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. And it is played by all manners of people, from the lowliest uh, grocery sacker to the president of the United States. So there is something in it. Potentially for everybody, you know, there's so many people that that can relate to that. Well, I want to uh, certainly want to be the the, uh, one of the first ones to to wish you the best of luck. And I know that you guys uh, had a little stumbling block with your uh, funding campaign on Indiegogo, but that's you know probably to be expected. Real quick, yeah, go ahead. Something quickly about that. You know, one of the things I wanted to sort of clarify about that, because I did spend a lot of time, you know, uh, on the different forums, on, on um, different websites, and sort of spending a lot of time with a lot of the industry professionals over the last couple of months. And the goal that we wanted to reach was a, a, a number of $40,000 on our Indiegogo um, campaign, which was not even close to our overall budget for our project. You know, the budget is closer to a hundred to 120,000 mm-hmm. for the actual filming of the season. And, you know, and that can change for many different reasons, but that's the budget that we came up with for this particular project. Sure. And so our goal was to do two things, create a, an audience, create a, um, a sense out there uh, and understand what people wanted, what they didn't want, what they liked, what they didn't like, 
it gave us the ability to present some of our work to the really specific pool world that we know that is our target audience to start with. And I know that our video, I feel very confident that our video was well-received by the majority of the masses that saw it. And it was received in such a way that I want to see more of that. And that is a win for us. Whether or not we were successful with the actual crowdfunding campaign is somewhat insignificant. Yes, it would help us to be able to make the show a reality, but I think that the the, the momentum and the the steam and all of the the, the knowledge that we've gained uh, is much better than than just just the $40,000 that we could have raised. Right. right. So it's a a positive for us, and and we want to thank everyone for their support, everyone that donated, everyone that uh, was a part of the chat rooms and a part of the, uh, the conversation and our sponsors. Uh, it's been a great experience, and it's just a stepping stone to the next to the next level of, of where we're going to go. Good, 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 good. Awesome. Well, um, and I hope that um, I hope that we can uh, get back together on this and uh, find a way to keep our listeners up to date, um, perhaps from week to week as things develop. Um, Absolutely. You, you guys Absolutely. are. No, I, I, Certainly welcome to, to get on the phone with us for the show every week if you'd like to do that, too. So keep I do that. appreciate that. I love your forum, and I love the uh, what you're doing and how you present it. Um, and we would be happy to be a part of that with you. Um, part of what we want to do as we create this experience is bring, you know, bring everyone into it. Let them experience what we're experiencing mm-hmm. and, and learn from that. And, and that's part of what our job is part of what we want to do and right and uh, we hope that you'll be a part of that yeah absolutely absolutely i'm looking forward to it so great i should probably get out of here i know you got some things to do too so i will uh talk to you again very soon i'm sure excellent all right you guys sorry go ahead what were you going to say i just want to say thanks for having me on i look forward to talking to you soon absolutely absolutely all right, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it uh, right here from the source. So just stay tuned, and we'll obviously have more details coming for you very soon. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. I passed the bar last night, making love with you. Seems so very right. But I'm married to another, I'm ashamed I did not tell. I hope my trip to heaven won't send my soul to hell. I hope